Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan nihimayin natin ang mga may init at mahalagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang Omicron, ang panibagong coronavirus variant na kumakalat sa iba't ibang panig ng mundo. Magkadalawang taon na rin ang pandemya. Maraming mga bansa ang unti-unting bumabalik sa normal o hindi kaya ipatungo na sa new normal na sinasabi nila. Pero sa kabila ng lahat ng ito, patuloy pa rin ang pag-evolve ng virus. Ano ba ang dapat natin malaman tungkol sa Omicron variant? Ano ang dapat gawin ng gobyerno para matigilan ang pagkalat nito sa pansa sa Pilipinas ngayon na patuloy na yung pag-improve ng ating sitwasyon? Kasama ko ngayon si Sofia Tomacruz, top reporter who covers the coronavirus pandemic and the government's response to it. Para talakayin ng isyong ito. Hi Sofia, thank you for joining me today. You are our last guest for the year. Hi Jadez, thank you for having me. Aba, last guest of the year. Ako ba yes. din yung first guest of the year? Hindi ko na maalala. Uh, first, li- first, oh, no. first guest ng, la- la- ng live stream ah, version. Yeah. Live, live. And we were also oh, talking about, I think, the coronavirus then. So, <laughs> it's all about coronavirus yeah. these days. So, Sofia, sa tuwing iniimbitahan kita or si Bonds na nag-hover ng pandemya, sa podcast na to, palagi kitang inaalot ang first few minutes para tanungin or to brief us of the pandemic situation. Can you give us an overview now that we are closing in 2022? Patapos na yung taon na 2021. Kamusta yung sitwasyon natin? Okay, sige. So, mag-lay of the land muna tayo. Well, you're right, no? December na. So, another year of living under the pandemic. And safe to say, and thankfully, nag-improve naman yung sitwasyon compared to this time last year and compared to the start of the year. So, sa ngayon, yung coronavirus situation ay medyo maganda in the sense na may improvements. Yung nationwide, the Philippines is back to case levels that we haven't seen since July 2020. And in terms of active cases, o yung mga kaso na kailangan pa ng active treatment, uh, ibig sabihin hindi sila recovered at hindi pa sila counted as a death. We're back to levels that we haven't seen since May 2020. Yeah, in terms of how the pandemic is faring in the Philippines, a lot of improvements. So nationally, minimal risk na tayo with all 17 regions showing a decrease in yung average daily attack rate compared to three to four weeks ago. So yung average daily attack rate, this is like, ito na yung indicator ng DOH instead of a reproduction number kasi sinasabi nila na mas sensitive na itong, um, itong average daily attack rate. It's a number of cases per a certain number of people. So, mas accurate yung incidence ng COVID-19 in a certain area. And at the same time, in terms of the health system, low risk na rin tayo. So, less than 50% of COVID-19 dedicated beds and ICU beds are occupied currently at nationwide ito. Lahat ng areas sa Philippines under alert level 2 na. Ito yung second to the last alert level, second to the least strict alert level. And health officials are keeping a close eye on two areas, Eastern Samar and Zamboanga, Sibugay, where nakita nila na may slight increase in cases and average daily attack rates. Pero overall, minimal risk pa rin sila. And were you surprised that we're now here, nagating sitwasyon natin, or did you expect it na? And can you tell us, what do you think contributed to this situation now? Right. Well, it's a definitely a hard-earned situation. Initially expected in the sense that it could have really gone to waste, no? Thankfully, the situation did improve, but if it could have also easily gotten worse. I don't think anyone here can forget that for the most part of the year, Sobrang lala yung situation ng pandemya dito kasi, di ba nung may surge, nagkaroon ng surge tayo nung June, 
early part of the year, March, April-ish, Holy Week. Tapos nag-surge ulit mga latter half of July, August, September, nag-peak yung cases, October. So, I mean, latter half of October, November lang na nag-improve yung situation. And so, in a way, um, we can't say it was uh, totally expected. Again, it could have been much worse. Tingin mo ano yung nag-contribute na ganito situation natin mm. ngayon na it's better okay. than, than we, how we were before. Right. Well, I think two things up off the top of my head. First being vaccination. So ito yung isang game changer compared to last year and compared to earlier in the year. Nung we only started having vaccines here in the Philippines mga March. So it's been around nine months since we've had uh, vaccines being rolled out here. And um, since then, mga 36-ish percent of the total population na yung fully vaccinated. So we're already kind of starting to feel the effects of that. Lalo na sa Metro Manila na ito yung unang priority ng gobyerno dahil ito yung parang kung saan yung pinakamaraming kaso, di ba? Ever since the start of the yeah. pandemic. So some of the things that, that contributed to those improvements is, yeah, one, vaccination. And two, of course, yung compliance sa minimum public health standard, which is your mask wearing, your physical distancing, and of course, hygiene, hand hygiene, frequent hand washing. So compliance to that, of course. Those are, I think, two things off the top of my head that really improved the situation. Third, okay. uh, fast, fast flight. Because, of course, when we talk about our health systems, malakidin yung additional beds that were added to the health system in different parts of the country, both ICU beds and ward and isolation beds. Although that being said, even if the number of beds have increased greatly, there's still a lot of room for improvement when it comes to, of course, improving the situation of our health workers. Yeah. And of course, we know that the context that we are in, situation that we're now in, what led to the situation that we're in the past 12 months, 9 months. Let's go to this new variant. But before we start, can you tell us, Sophia, how did the variant in the first place? Is this a normal phenomenon when sa mga virus? Actually, Judes, I remember that this is one of the questions when Yeah. So, yeah, a refresher. A virus... It's part of the evolutionary process of a virus to keep changing. So it because it keeps making like I said before, no, because it keeps making copies of itself. Somewhere along the way, me mababago sa proseso ng pagkakopya from one person to another. So the process of copying happens in a person. The virus uses our cells to make replic to make copies of itself, and somewhere along the way, something changes, and those changes are what results in variants. Sometimes they become variants of concern, like this latest one, Omicron, or Delta, which was the one that came before this. Sometimes they become variants of interest, which was Mu. We saw this earlier in the year. Or sometimes they, they don't really pose any significance at all for us. Why does this happen? There are some things, It's as I said, it's part of the evolutionary process of a virus, but there are some things that can slow it down and speed it up. In terms of slowing it down, yung pagmamask natin, physical distancing, vaccination, those things can slow it down. And, you know, following that, things that can speed it up is the opposite. Not getting vaccinated, uh, dropping your guard, letting the masks down, even if it's not time for that yet. So those are some of the things that can really help the virus spread and keep mutating. I remember na mentioned mo kanina na tinanong kita about that the last time that we talk about a variant. Yeah. I forgot na if it's, it was lambda or delta. Pero mm-hmm. parang antagal na nun, no? Pero for the benefit of our audience, can you remind us ano, ano na yung mga variant na detect sa nakalipas na dalawang taon? And I think tama ba ang understanding ko na delta yung pinaka-threatening sa mga lumabas na in the past two years? 
Well, maraming variant na na-detect na in the last two years. Pero siguro mag-focus na lang tayo on yung variants of concern. So, yung Omicron is the fourth variant of concern after Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, sorry, fifth. Yeah. yeah, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, and Delta. Pero yung Gamma, it was, moved, it was already declassified from, I mean, moved down from a variant of concern to, I think, a variant of interest, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, you're right, Judas, no? Yung Delta, before Omicron, yung Delta naman yung worrisome variant. Although, it, you know, because for any variant to even become a variant of concern, according to the WHO, it already poses some risk, some significant risk, in terms of how fast it can spread. Um, it's so that's called its transmissibility. Itong yung severity niya, yung potential for immune escape, so how it could affect people who were already infected with COVID-19 or the current performance of our vaccine. So actually, oh, nakakatakot yung Delta, di ba? Kasi super, it was regarded as the fastest and fittest variant. So you can just imagine if the first, if the if the original, yung OG na COVID-19 ay may capability to affect, to infect around two to three people, yung Delta naman, around eight people, five to eight or six to eight people. So Omicron, we don't know yet what yeah. that is pero yeah before omicron it was delta yeah so you started also talking about omicron na and you mm-hmm. mentioned na medyo konti pa yung alam natin tungkol dito pero what do we know about this now and like ano yung how does it compare to other variants at least based mm-hmm. on what we know now kasi if tama magkaintindi ko di ba na parang it will take weeks and a lot of data to give uh, assumptions or conclusions about the variant na to Nicolam ko napansin mo Judas, pero can you imagine it's only really been around around two weeks since yeah. we first heard of Omicron and already it's top of mind for everybody, you know. So I think it also just goes to show how, you know, our thinking has changed also on on this virus. Whereas before Delta, may konting I wouldn't call it lag time, pero may may period pa rin kung saan. Hindi siya masyadong sikat sa news. It wasn't very attention-grabbing, although scientists knew about it for a long time. So in terms of Omicron, yes, there's early data. Early because it's only been around uh, two weeks since we first heard of this virus. But already, the early data does tell us something. So para may countering refresher lang, again, what scientists want to know about Omicron is how transmissible it might be, meaning how fast it might spread, kung mas transmissible ba ito versus Delta how deadly it could be so yung severity of cases are the people here who get infected with omicron are they do they tend to have mild illness or severe illness and to what extent it can affect of course yung immunity ng ating current vaccine so early early data in terms of transmissibility parang it appears that omicron might be more transmissible than other variants of concern and potentially delta pero sa ngayon sabi naman ng mga experts na it's it's really too early to tell that right now because limited yung data and it was only identified in the past couple of weeks. So in terms of, let's say, the number of cases worldwide, worldwide a fraction of, it only comprises a fraction of that. And so, you know, to draw any conclusions from that very small number, it's what they call, it's, it's risky at this point. And it's too soon to say anything definitively. But in terms of severity, naman, so how deadly it might be. My early data and anecdotal data from South Africa, where the variant was first detected, that we know of, of course, that it may cause Omicron may cause less severe illnesses in patients. So galing ito sa isang study from New South African Medical Research Council. Kunata na lang yung experience ng several hospitals sa isang probinsya kung saan nakita yung Omicron 
first. So kung saan nakita yung Omicron in South Africa. So it's kind of like the ground zero uh, for, for Omicron in terms of our knowledge. And nakita nila sa 42 patients that were in the hospital in December 2, who also interestingly happened to be there for other reasons. Tapos nakataon na lang na nalaman nila na COVID positive pala sila kasi yun naman yung testing protocol sa, sa mga hospitals, di ba? Sabi ng isang news report from Stat News. I just want to read it. I want to read the quote para malaman din yung, uh, ng audience natin and, uh, you know, I don't get anything out of context. They were saying that among this small number, the hospital stay was an average of 2.8 days, so much shorter than the average of 8.5 days that was seen in the region in previous waves. And strikingly, most hospitalized patients who tested positive for COVID did not need supplemental oxygen. So, diba, during Delta, we knew that people needed twice the oxygen yeah. that they would normally need for COVID. Here, it seems like they, they didn't need supplemental oxygen. A few developed COVID pneumonia and a few required high-level cares and fewer still were admitted to intensive care. So, kung napansin ng mga scientists na Omicron compared to previous waves of cases related to COVID-19, it paints a different picture. Yeah. But, and big but though, more research is still needed and it could really change as Omicron infects more populations and more spreads to more countries and we see how it might interact with people who are elderly, high risk, or immunocompromised. So the picture is still very early and it can change. Last na rin. Yeah. On vaccines naman. Interestingly enough, so of course, parang nakita na nila na parang affected of course yung performance of vaccines. Pero importante din i-highlight na hindi naman ito parang all or nothing scenario. It's not like your vaccines either protect you 100% and the protection is intact or you lose everything. And that's not how it works. So some data already has come out that suggests that's, that Omicron does pose a larger threat to immunity than compared to other variants. But then experts were already expecting this to a certain extent. So I think it's important to note that a lot of scientists and experts point out that when vaccine effectiveness is impacted, it usually falls, it usually gets affected first in terms of how well it protects against infection. And then, you know, mild symptoms, and then severe disease. And it really it takes a lot to affect how well a vaccine protects you against severe disease. And that's really the strong where the vaccines are strongest, and that's what it was really designed for. So they're saying that Omicron, at least for now, preliminary data shows that, yes, it affects the performance, but seems to hold up against severe disease, and that a booster actually might help make up for the protection that's lost with those with those first two doses. But again, big but kasi super early data pa rin to. I wanted na lumiko muna sa discussion natin, no? Kasi gusto ko yung highlight yung conversation surrounding yung initial discourse about the Omicron variant and how it is labeled coming from South Africa. Bakit ito malaking malaking issue, Sophia? Ano ba yung point of contention of those who oppose yung media framing na galing itong South Africa? Oh, I think naging issue siya kasi, diba, itong, yung tong news of Omicron really prompted panic and it stoked very fresh fears of Delta. And so, nakita natin na ang bilis mag-lockdown ng iba't ibang countries, diba? So, ang bilis ng mga ibang gobyerno, all these governments to impose travel bans. And it prompted backlash in the sense that, you know, it looks like a lot of the travel bans were instituted, were placed on countries in Africa. In South Africa, of course, where scientists... Um, brought Omicron to attention. So, you know, a lot of experts were arguing that first, travel bans don't necessarily 
aren't very productive because it can halt the flow of medical goods and medical assistance. And it's almost like you're punishing scientists for sharing data, which we really, really, really need. And it creates a disincentive. So parang kung ikaw yung isang scientist and then magpa-flag ka ng isang variant of now you think concerning, you do, you do so at the risk of having all these travel bans imposed. So it doesn't really create this atmosphere where you feel motivated to share the data. That's one thing. And of course, this whole tricky thing about identifying variants in the first place, right? In this case, scientists in South Africa detected it. But then, who's to say na wala yung Omicron sa Europe before that, or America, or the Philippines for that matter? The same way, I think, months ago, may parang bagong variant na nakita ng mga scientists dito, diba? And the health officials here were very adamant about not calling it the Philippine variant. Kasi... It creates, again, it creates stigma against people who come from certain countries. And at the same time, it's just the nature of the virus that you don't really know where it's coming from. And again, yun nga, it doesn't really motivate scientists to share data, which we all really, really, really need at this point. Yeah. So from the big picture now worldwide, balik naman tayo sa Pilipinas, Sofia. Ano na nagawa ng Philippine government so far para maiwasan ang pagkalat nito or mitigating our parang preemptive measures na ginawa nila para hindi dumating or hindi kumalat dito sa bansa yung variant na ito? Well, may strategy sila that's called the four-door strategy. So the first being uh, to impose these travel restrictions. And one marked difference from the time, from let's say Delta compared to Omicron now is that health officials from the get-go are already saying, you know, these travel restrictions are not going to prevent Omicron from entering the country. What they're going to do is buy time for us. So it will allow LGUs, hospitals to prepare as more information comes through on Omicron. And so far, what the government has done is, uh, DOH mismo, they've been tracing a lot of passengers who came from South Africa in November. So when we didn't even know about Omicron yet, nagbabacktrace sila ng mga travelers from South Africa. I think around a little over 200 passengers who came from South Africa last month. And so far, they were able to contact around 80. So they have the information, I think, of 100. They have the information of everyone have made direct contact with 80. And of the 80, they have tested four. So 76, the other 76 are in isolation. And so far, those four who have been retested are negative. So we'll still need more information in the coming days on, on the 76. And of course, the rest who have to be contacted by the authorities. But aside from that backtracing, in terms of hospital beds, they're saying that we're, we're okay for now. Because like I said earlier, 50, less than 50% yung currently occupied. And, ang dami ng additional beds. And I think in terms of local governments, they have told LGUs and barangay health officials to be in the watch for clustering of cases, kung may kahit konting pagtaas lang ng mga kaso, to be on alert for that. Yeah. And what's missing from the response so far? Are you seeing a gap na hindi pa nila na fulfill or parang may kulang pa sa itong response nila when it comes to the Omicron variant? I wouldn't say directly related to the Omicron variant, but it's something that needs attention, especially during this time where we have the allowance to, you know, not rush. I would say in terms of, one, yung ventilation. Kailangan talaga ng 
pagtutok sa ventilation in the sense that how we always ask people to wear masks, it's not clear to me at this point yet how the government is checking on the ventilation in, in public spaces. So when it comes to businesses like restaurants and malls, it looks like it's on the prerogative right now of the business owner to do that. And a lot of businesses are complying. But, you know, in terms of having a national view of that situation and of, of that aspect of the of the response, that's one thing that I think there can be some improvement on. And then, of course, we also have the fact that up until this point in time, there are still some health workers who haven't been, who haven't received their allowances. So, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not directly related to Omicron, but it really affects the state of our health system. And so it's a lesson we've learned, I think, throughout every surge. And just in this pandemic so far, no, you can have all the re- you can keep adding beds, but if you don't have enough health workers to take care of patients, then those beds are pretty much useless. You know, not entirely useless, but it doesn't make the job any easier. So yeah, I think those are some of the aspects. And I think last would be really reaching out to the unvaccinated. I think every time I'm here, yun yung isang issue no na parang. Paano na yung mga unvaccinated Filipinos? Kasi sa ngayon, of course, there are millions who are getting vaccinated every day. Pero may millions din na ayaw pa nila pumunta sa mga vaccination sites eh. And I think that there needs to be more of an active effort in reaching them. It takes a lot more time and resources. Pero at the end of the day, it will you know bring a huge impact to our health system if we can get them all covered. Especially yung mga lola at mga lola. Yeah. And Sophia... I was meaning to ask this question ever since like, sumula to variant na variant na to. Pero nangalit ko nakakalimutan, no? Yun ang hindi na na, ang dami na rin variant na na-detect, var- uh, variants of concern. Ano ba nangyayari sa previous variants once may bago na na-detect? Of course, I know, di ba, hindi sila like, cease to exist. But what happens? Do they just, like, na-overtaken sila? Or na, na parang na, nasa sidelined? Or what? Well, okay. So, on an international and on a local level, Minamonitor naman pa rin yung mga um, iba't-ibang variants of concern. Um, and variants in general. So, alpha, beta, delta. Um, minamonitor yun throughout the, the, throughout the whole world, including the Philippines. Sometimes, in the case of gamma, for example, they no longer become that big of a threat. Or, for example, beta even. Na a lot of scientists were so scared of beta because malaki yung impact ng itong variant on, on vaccine effectiveness. But, well, it didn't spread as much as Delta. Delta still overtook Beta. So, in that sense, the threat wasn't as big as it could have been. In terms of Delta and Omicron, that's what they're waiting to see if Omicron can overtake Delta later on. In which case, it would also, of course, become worrisome. Pero, hindi naman... There are some cases that the line of mutations kind of stops, hits a dead end. Sometimes it will evolve into something else. Itong Omicron kasi, I mean, the reason why it's so concerning is because it has such a high number of mutations. But in terms of what happens to other variants, they're being monitored. Sometimes they, you know, don't take up a huge portion of the population. Sometimes they do grow. Other times they just peter out. Yeah. And as we discussed earlier, we are in so much better position now compared to the past two years of this pandemic, Sophia. I remember the times that we've been talking about pinihingyakita ng updates tungkol sa sitwasyon at puro mga uh, high, high capacity na ang ating mga health system and on the brink of collapsing if they don't do this, if they don't do this. Pero now that we are in this better position, tanong ko, let's talk about maintaining this momentum, no? Ano tingin mo yung dapat i-priorities ng gobyerno? O ano yung dapat iwasan nilang gawin para ma-maintain itong momentum na maayos sa sitwasyon natin? In terms of priority, vaccinations. 
hindi lang sa Metro Manila o sa mga highly urbanized area, kundi sa mga lahat ng mga regions, especially those that have yet to reach significant vaccine coverage. And that, of course, vaccination in general already includes so many things, the budget is like reaching out to yung mga vaccinated, ensuring na sapat yung mga supplies, hindi kulang yung supplies para sa mga unvaccinated, para sa mga bata na ngayon eligible na rin, 12 to 17 years old, at para sa mga boosters na sa ngayon, lahat ng mga, kasi sa ngayon lahat ng mga adult Filipinos eligible na rin for a booster. So that's one thing I would say needs constant attention and priority. Again, our health workers really need to support them better. Kasi up until a few weeks ago, may mga kwento pa rin galing sa mga health workers na may ilan sa kanila wala pang COVID-19 special risk allowance or meal accommodation and transport allowance. And this was a really big issue earlier in the year. Gained a lot of attention, but up until now, hindi pa completely resolved yung issue. Although I think there's in a, if I'm not mistaken, there's a new order being crafted in the works that, you know, um, instead of having this very complicated definition of who can't and can't receive certain allowance, parang, as long as you're in the hospital, may allowance ka kasi, yun nga, airborne nga yung virus, so lahat ng mga tao sa hospital at risk. So vaccinations, health workers, I think it would also be very important right now to prioritize testing. We have the capacity to test. That's what they always, that's what officials always say. Ang laki na ng capacity natin. Pero in terms of actual cases that are actual tests being done daily, we're not at the capacity that officials like to brag about. It's slower than that. And I think, if anything, testing is going to be very important still coupled with vaccination because that's how you, that's how you get to learn about breakthrough cases and that's also how you get to learn about you know whatever resources you might need where you need to shift more vaccines which areas might have some increase in cases just to stay a step ahead all the time testing is very important and of course ngayon na may mga bagong treatments din like yung pill ng Merck yung Molnupiravir at yung pill ng Pfizer Paxlovid I think is the name kailangan din ng testing doon kung gagamitin yung mga treatments sa yun kasi it requires those two pills require taking it early on in your infection so if you don't know that you're infected then you know you can't take those pills and you can't have access to it so yeah testing vaccination uh, health workers and of course contact tracing contact tracing in the sense that if you go if, as more and more people are going out if you come into contact with somebody who might be infected with COVID-19 just so you know how to protect yourself and the people around you kailangan din pa rin ng contact tracing yeah and for my last question, Sophia, let's go now from the government to the people, the people on the ground, the people who are going out, doing their shopping, meeting with friends for the Christmas parties. What should the public do knowing that Omicron exists? I remember you had this latest story about experts and the holiday season. Ano yung mm-hmm. ma-advise mo sa, based on mga conversations mo with experts, ano yung ma-advise mo sa mga tao kung paano, paano la i-move forward yung holiday plans nila? with this Omicron over all our heads. Mm-hmm. Sa story na yun na we asked about like, specific holiday activities. But I think, you know, the general guidance from our experts would be to always be mindful of the risks involved in a certain activity. Wala nang kasing zero risk activity eh. Lahat ng gagawin ng mga tao may some level of risk associated with it. Pero may mga bagay na pwede pa rin go in at observe para ma-minimize naman din yung mga risks na yun, which would be, of course, wearing masks, um, getting vaccinated, two very important things that we've seen work not only in the country, but 
in other countries across the world. Isang common factor din that a lot of the experts put heavy, heavy weight on is ventilation. So, prati na lang iniisip kung okay ba yung ventilation sa isang lugar, enclosed space ba siya, may mga, parang conscious ba yung, yung business na yun on yung, like, HEPA filters, monitoring the levels of carbon dioxide in a certain enclosed space, may effort ba to open the windows, open the doors, have fans running. Kasi airborne nga yung virus, diba? So, the one one big way to minimize the risk is to make sure that the air in a certain area is well circulated. So, goes without saying, of course, mas safe. Mas safe yung, indoor, yung outdoors versus indoors. Pero, um, sabi, na rin, sabi rin nila in both cases, kailangan i-avoid yung mga crowds. So, kahit outdoor siya, kung crowded, may risks naman. Higher naman din yung risks yun versus, let's say, an indoor place na hindi naman masyadong crowded. Medyo gray area pa rin, of course, yung parties. But, you know, I think it's also important to emphasize that, of course, there are minimum public health standards like mask wearing and everything. Pero, minimize din yung risk kung ma-observe natin yung proper preparation and planning. So, kahit Christmas na, at siguro super excited yung mga tao lumabas and makita-kita ng uh, family and friends that they haven't seen in so long. You know, it's not worth the risk of getting sick and, you know, it's always best to be careful and earn the side of caution. And at the same time, I think that maganda rin yung sinabi ng isang expert na nag-contribute din sa piece na yun, si Dr. Benjamin ko. Sabi niya parang, if it doesn't feel right, don't even attempt to do it. Kasi the risks are still there, like we mentioned. And I think by this time, we've all learned how to adjust a bit. So it's just going to be this constant you know, adjustment process. And of course, get vaccinated encourage others around you to get vaccinated as well and follow the minimum health standards. We should all, he said, we should all embrace that at this point because we know that those two things really work. Yes, and for our audience, if they are interested to read this, what experts has to say about this, they can go to raptor.com newsbreak. They will find the story of Sophia there. I think it's one of the latest stories that we have on how the experts want to deal with the holiday season. And if you want them to further discuss this issue, the Omicron variant, and other coronavirus-related topics, or even any issues in the Philippines, you can join our Raptor Facebook group. It's called the Raptor Room on Facebook. And if it's election-related, you can visit PageVote Facebook groups on Facebook also. And thank you, Sophia, for joining me today and for explaining to us this new variant. And at the same time, you're giving us like assurance that when we're vaccinated, it's a shield against this variant. At the same time, reminding us to still be vigilant. Don't let our walls down, our shields down. Because we don't want to go back to zero. Naman eh. One of many shields, yung vaccination. Hindi lang yung, hindi siya yung the only shield. Yeah. Yes. At of and course, for, follow uh, yeah. Newsbreak for more information and more stories on COVID. Yes. And for our viewers, thank you for watching. Kung gusto nyo sundan ng issue na to, huwag kalimutan na palaging bisitahin ang Rappler website. Don't forget to also like and subscribe sa YouTube ng Rappler, pati na rin sa aming ibang social media accounts, tulad ng Facebook at Twitter. Ito na ang huling episode ng Beyond the Stories para sa taong ito. Maraming salamat sa pagsama sa amin, linggo-linggo, kasama ng mga Rappler reporters sa pag-analyze, pag-dissect ng mga issues na hinaharap sa bansa natin, katulad ng COVID-19 na napakarami natin episode ito at yung mga different issues under Duterte. Samahan niyo ulit kami sa bagong taon para sa panibagong episode dahil siguradong mas marami mangyayari sa 2022. Hindi lang dahil sa coronavirus pero dahil mag-e-election na rin. Ako si Jules Gavilan at itong Newsbreak Beyond the Stories.
If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash supportrappler. That's rplr.co slash supportrappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.